most people probably don't need an introduction that are in our sphere because we attract a lot of like-minded people. Yeah. But Zuby's one of these rare people that have, have risen through the ashes. I think it was the first story we heard about Zuby. We talked about it, too, was that he broke a record. And it was, I don't know, was it in England he broke a record? It was a British, well, you could, British? You could share it, correct us, Zuby. It was a British, the British uh, so good. weightlifting record identifying as a woman. Are uh, you shitting me? Like, Yeah. <laughs> I reminded Eric of that, and he's like, oh, fuck, that's right. He was uh, so good. foreshadowing the disease of our times. He got he he was a trendsetter. That, that so but we lit. could start anywhere with him. But um, so good. Well, bottom line is this: we got Zuby here. His time's yeah, valuable, so we're going to get here, right Zuby. to it. But I'll tell you what: this is one of the voices in a, in America that has just risen fast. I'm, we live in America, so I'll speak to that. In the West, I'm assuming yeah. it's probably in the world because freedom is under assault. It just is. If you look at the trajectory of freedom in this country, and you see how big government's getting. And how really bizarre times are coming. And I don't even know if this is a, a republic anymore. Or is it a banana republic? Who knows? But it's not going the right way. And it's people like Zuby that have stepped up to the plate. And that they have spoke real truth and courage. That have really, I mean, been an eye-opener for me. And it's what inspired Man on a Mission. We're doing all kinds of cool things in this community because of people like Zuby. So, Zuby, welcome to Man on a Mission, Yeah, welcome, brother. man. Wow, man. Thank you guys for the intro, man. I'm, I'm genuinely humbled and honored, so happy to be here. Oh, very cool. Well, why don't we start with that? In 2019, you broke some sort of record. I'm going to let you tee it up because I think it's a fun place to start. Yeah. Not a lot of people break records in life, number one. You're already in a rare class, <laughs> but maybe you can disclose the details of the record you broke, and we'll chop it up from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is funny because we're approaching the five-year anniversary of this. <laughs> yeah, This was February 26, 2019, it's my birthday. and we're about to come into 2024. So on that fateful day, <laughs> I uh, posted a tweet. It was a nine-second video of me doing a 230-kilogram deadlift. I think that's somewhere around 520-something 500, pounds, if I've got my conversions correct. Mm. And... Uh, I said, I keep hearing about how biological men have no strength advantage over women in 2019. So watch me destroy the British women's deadlift record without trying. P.S. I identified as a woman whilst lifting the weight. Don't be a bigot. So I posted that. So I had uh, 18,000 followers on Twitter at the time, the app which is now known as X. And this thing went more than viral. Yeah. It, went, it went completely crazy. I, when I posted it, I just thought, okay, this is going to get, you know, a couple of, a couple of LOLs. I thought that it was pretty funny. And within 24 hours, it had over a million views, mm. thousands of comments, thousands of retweets. It was being shared all over the world. Mm. It was going viral for weeks. I started getting invited onto some of the biggest media in the UK. I was being contacted by the BBC. And then in the States, I had Fox News reach out and mm. Tucker Carlson reacted to it and Piers Morgan and Ben Shapiro, all these people give it a couple more weeks. It gets on Joe Rogan's radar. He does a segment on it on his mm. podcast. He starts following me online. And then uh, fast forward a little bit. And a couple months later, I was on his show as well as a lot of others. I ended up spending three months in the USA in 2019. Keep in mind at this time, I, you know, I'm just a independent independent musician from the yeah, UK. Right. And 2019 was this totally transformational year. I gained hundreds of thousands of followers across my platforms, mm. millions of views. And now more than four years later, coming up to five years later, the movement has kept on moving. Things continue to grow. Lots of people, a lot. There was a time period where a lot of people who discovered me discovered me from that moment, but I'm now finding yeah. that yeah. people are just discovering me from 
all kinds of things, yeah. whether it's YouTube, it's podcasts, it's yeah. TV stuff, music, just whatever it is and whatever message I'm putting out there, it definitely seems to be resonating with people all over the world. Yeah, so what, it, it, what, I know what I'm doing, but at the same time, sometimes I don't exactly know what I'm doing, but it certainly seems to be working. It's one of those things like it, it clearly wasn't a one off because I I uh, I became a big fan and later discovered this weightlifting record. It wasn't the trigger. It was during COVID, man. Like you were mm. you would just call a spade a spade, take like a really uh, I've always admired like just your rational stand, like gracefully call out something without vitriol, but but standing for what appeared to be truth from your perspective. And you just hooked a, fram, a fan and me and my wife and friends. And I was like, thank God people like this man are out there. Very effective. And then only later I saw in Rogan, I was like, no shit, he did that too. That's fucking awesome. But it's like, <laughs> it's like a kaleidoscope. If, if, if a man, it's fascinating. It's, it just brings questions. Like if a man has the courage to call a spade a spade here, chances are you're going to love what he's doing over in this domain of life. And then I later discovered your yeah. physical fitness commitment, all these things. But um, it wasn't a one-off. It appears like it, but it's not, you know? Yeah, in bottom yeah. line. No, it's, it's something that could very easily could have been um, a flash in a pan for a lot of people. You know, tweets go viral every single day. Yeah. But, um, they, you know, people are not typically able to transmute that energy and momentum into something significant. But, you know, I'd already been grinding for well yeah. over a decade at that point, and I had a lot of stuff in the chamber. I had a whole library of music and i'd started yeah. my podcast by then right I, I have something of value to offer and bring the world you know not just a one-off funny tweet yeah yeah totally yeah you're right it's one thing to capture a, a moment of momentum it's another thing to like double down triple down 10x it and really turn it into something that'll be a career path that could set you off on fire for the rest of your it life already has. But there's a ton of groundwork that was done before that maybe times you don't see that type of work so number one there's an inspiring story there there's probably a lesson in doing something that could capture fire and being having the courage to do it yeah this, uh, this going against the grain thing and taking advantage of, of, of these bizarre moments in history, like the people that have the courage to do it oftentimes can break through and do things that like we're all sitting there like cheering over, but I would never have the courage to do. So sure. kudos to you. I, I would love to ask about how you came up. You came up in England. Were you always this conservative person? Did you come up in a family that, that kept these kind of values in line with how you think today? Or did, did your mind transform as you as you came up? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm not someone who has a sort of transformative political story or like that. I'm not one of these people who was on the left and left the left kind of thing or was a former liberal and is now more conservative. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of labels. I don't mind at all how people label me if sure. they call me conservative, libertarian, free thinker, whatever it is. I mean, some of it is personality, some of it is upbringing, and some of it is simply background. I mean, for those who don't know, I was born in the UK. Um, my family background is from Nigeria. I'm the last of five kids. I'm from a Christian family. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. We moved to Saudi Arabia when I was a baby. I went to school there from kindergarten to fifth grade. When I was 11 years old, I went to boarding school in the UK. So between the ages of 11 and 20, I was traveling back and forth between the UK and Saudi Arabia. I was flying internationally by myself from the age of 12. And... Um, yeah, I did seven years in boarding school, three years at university, graduated from Oxford University when I was 20 years old. It's where I started my music as well. And so in terms of my worldview, it's influenced by a lot of different things. I mean, growing up, I was, you know, truly multicultural in a sense, yeah. right? Nigerian family, yeah. British nationality, growing up in Saudi Arabia. 
So I had heavy exposure to a lot of different cultures. And even from a young age, I traveled to a lot of different countries. I think at this point, I've been to 43 different countries and mm. spent a good amount of time in lots of them. So I think one reason why a lot of people are drawn and attracted to my message and perspective on things is simply that I have a I have a different way of seeing the world, I guess. I have a more global perspective than yeah. most people. I have a lot of different frames of reference. So if I am if I'm talking about something to do in the USA, I'm not just talking about the USA from a perspective of say an American who is born and raised in the country and has never left it. Um, cause I know most Americans don't have passports and actually don't ever leave the country and whether or not, re regardless of the reasons for that, it gives people a limited scope of perspective, right? It doesn't matter the nation, right? If I were just born and raised in England and I had never traveled anywhere else or met that many people from elsewhere, then my default frame of reference is England and the culture and the way that everything is there. And yeah everybody has their default worldview and they sort of extrapolate that out to other people and other parts of the world. But from a really young age, I'm going between these different countries and I'm like, okay, Nigeria, England, Saudi Arabia, these are very different countries, yeah. right? Like they're not, they have different cultures, different, um, different religions, different demographics, different law, different ways of doing things, Ideologies. different laws, different traditions. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so, and, and I, and, in, and I was just surrounded by all these different sorts of people. So when I talk about any social cultural issue, whatever, whatever it might be, I'm not kind of just giving like a, you know, a kind of standard British take or a standard American take yeah, or a standard, yeah. whatever, you right. It's not even yeah. always clearly uh, conservative or liberal or libertarian, right? Like these boxes, I mean, in Saudi Arabia, what do those words even mean? Right. There's no, yeah, they're meaningless. Yeah, yeah. Those words kind of don't even mean anything in that yeah. country. Right. Like yeah. it's it's not a democracy. There's no elections. There's no, yeah, yeah. there's no Democrats. There's no Republicans. There's no left. There's no right. There's no whatever. So mm. you, you kind of just have this range of perspective. And the more, the more I travel and the more people I meet, I've met hundreds of thousands of people in person and had conversations with them. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think with that, I, I think, I think a lot of what I think and a lot of what I say, as far as I'm concerned, maybe, maybe every, maybe, maybe everyone thinks this, but I certainly think that a lot of what I say is or should or used to be what we called common sense yeah right it's not always straight up you know it's not am i am i it, <laughs> i've joked before it's not really a joke right when when people want me to sort of label my politics i've said before that i'm a progressive in saudi arabia um yeah. a yeah. liberal in nigeria yeah. and a conservative in the uk and yeah. us yeah, yeah. right because right? yeah. these terms are somewhat relative right if yeah. i go to nigeria yeah. i'm actually quite liberal compared to the general population. Sure. But Amazing. then if I'm here in England, people are like, you know, people will accuse me of being far right or something because I don't think that men can get pregnant or whatever it is. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, bro. It's a, well, you're, yeah, you're, it's, you're, uh, you're dialing in like there. the timeless principle of the truth and, and not in today's world. I mean, everything gets so positionalized that people get pegged in a box and to one thing I've admired about you is to gracefully, uh, it's like going through a minefield without stepping on a mine. It takes a certain, I, I think that's, I mean, as an outside observer, that's one thing I admire. And I, I'm not like I'm formally studying, I'm no expert in it, but I like, I'm like, well, well done, Zuby. Like a little post or Twitter. I'm like, you just walk through a minefield, avoided being positionalized to the degree you can. I mean, you're going to be <coughs> positionalized, but uh, yeah, it takes a certain art to talk about these timeless truths or that go ahead. 
That's such an interesting verb you use there, positionalized. I've never, I don't know if I've heard that term. Yeah, I, I, I picked that up. I can I, understand exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, I caught that by a psychiatrist, David Hawkins. He wrote a book, Power Versus Force. And he, uh, and in some of his lectures, he, he went on to write other books on consciousness. He was a, one of the top psychiatrists in New York City in the 70s and 80s. But he, um, he calls it a positionality. Like if you watch the ego and the psyche, uh, w be mindful not to get caught in a positionality. I mean, when you do it in your own life, like a rigid position, like overly attached. Um, so he frames it in kind of like a spiritual context. Like, and of course, mm -hmm. in today's world, everybody has a pick, you know, communism takes the positionality of a victim and a perpetrator. So it starts with that positionality. And then the lens is just that you're fucked. Like, and it's not, he's not advocating for relativism, but that's, that's kind of where the, where I started using it in my vernacular. I like the word. I mm -hmm. like how he frames that. But, um, yeah, that's an interesting word. I actually have that book, but I haven't read it yet. I've got a massive, massive. Yeah, I, a, I get like three books for every one that I read, and you know, yeah, thank yeah, God get I, I one get lifetime. so many books. <laughs> yeah, one lifetime. Yeah, I get I get sent so many so. books as well. I buy a lot, and then I get I get sent so many. Yeah. Um, but but you know, in terms of what you were saying there, I think the reason why I'm able to do that because I do I have seen that it's. It's not something that I ever previously thought was particularly remarkable mm. or a gift. And I think in this sort of age of social media and commentary and all of these things, I have learned that, oh, actually, it is quite rare to be able to navigate these waters and to have a combination of, I don't know, courage, articulation, empathy, yeah. and perhaps yeah. goodwill and charity to be able to yeah. manage those things. And I think it's just because... You know, shout out to my parents and my family. I mean, there are certain principles that are just instilled in me. Hmm. And that doesn't change whether I'm online or offline. I don't go on the Internet and turn into a totally different human being and jettison away all of my beliefs and my principles and everything like that. Hmm. I mean, before before any type of political labels, right, people love their political labels. But before any label, I mean, first of all, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian before I'm a yeah you know, before I'm on the left or I'm on the right or yeah. I'm libertarian or conservative or whatever. First of all, I'm, I'm a Christian, right? And yeah. there are some very, very basic tenets of Christianity, yeah. which I do my best to genuinely live by, right? Mm -hmm. It can be it can be difficult sometimes, especially when you're dealing with people who are trying to throw mud at you or who are lying about you or just being overly aggressive and not offering you the same charity yeah. that you would offer them. And you can't even see them face to face, right? It can it can be yeah. difficult, but yeah. I try to simply apply my principles. And mm. another thing that I care about is, you know, we live in this time where there are a lot of people who have an agenda. Mm -hmm. uh, the agenda could be money making. The agenda could be pushing their ideology. The agenda could be whatever cause that they are an activist for. And um, man, if I have an agenda, my oh my only agenda. Maybe I have two. I think mm. I have two agendas. Mm. One of my agendas is to get to the truth. I love that. Right? I'm a truth seeker and a truth speaker. I, w I want to know what is true, right? It's not just about let me push my ideology or let me force my opinion or whatever yeah. it is. I'm, I'm just simply like, what is true? You brought yeah. up the whole COVID period. Mm. That whole pandemic era, the lockdowns and the mandates and this and this, throughout that whole time, like if you go back and you look at the stuff I was posting my tweets, I'm simply trying to work out what is true. I'm trying to work out what is happening. I'm, yeah. I'm asking questions. I'm poking, I'm prodding. I'm not here trying to 
explain virology or epidemiology or right. this or this. I'm just like, hmm, this thing doesn't make sense. Why is this like that? What about this? What about that? Right? All those things that a lot of people must yeah. be thinking, but they're not articulating. And I'm just like, well, this doesn't make sense. What about this? Yeah. Why is this like, so, so that, that's all I do. I don't, I don't have some, um, you know, it's like what people miss when they're trying to be little, just want to label you it's an one of your two North stars. Do. Like, I don't, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm simply trying to do that. Obviously, I'm an advocate for for liberty as well. And I generally want to push people to become their best version of themselves in the true sense, physically, mentally, sure. spiritually, financially. I want all of anyone who follows me, anyone who supports me, every single one of my followers, I want to I want them to get better in some way, shape or form. Mm. That's going to be that's going to look different for different people. I, w I want in a perfect world, I would I would want everyone who follows me, everyone who listens to me to be in good physical shape, be in good physical shape. I would like everyone who follows me to have enough money to be able to look after themselves and their family if they have one. I yeah. would like them to have the opportunity to pursue whatever skills they have, whatever education it is or whatever. Like I genuinely want the best. I, I like I'm as far as I'm as close as you can get to like an anti-Marxist. Right. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm the complete opposite side. I'm like, dude, the pie is infinite. Yeah. You winning doesn't take away from me winning. Yeah. Right. You do something great. I, 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 I cheer, dude, mm. almost every day on social media, mm. sometimes multiple times a day, I will comment and congratulate people who I don't even follow. Right. Like sometimes, you know, the I, algorithm I pops yeah. someone into your feed. I don't know. Someone just had, someone just had a baby. Someone got married. Someone graduated yeah. or whatever. I will like, I will comment, congratulations. I don't even know who the person is. I don't yeah. even follow them. They don't follow me. Yeah. I just love to see other people winning. Mm. And I found that throughout my life, I'm winning all the time because I win a lot. And then I'm surrounded by people who win a lot. And then I'm encouraging people and helping other people to win. And if, if you celebrate other people's wins as if they're your own, you'll find that you're winning. They are your own at a deep all the metaphysical level. Yeah. Fine. Dude, this is great. And there's this opposite mentality that exists in the world. And sadly, it seems like it's always existed where people do the opposite, right? They think that the game is zero sum. They think that the pie is fixed. Every time they see somebody else happy or somebody else winning or something, their immediate thing is to try to tear them down somehow, to talk down to them, to criticize them, to insult them. And I'm just not wired that way. Um, mm. So I don't know, maybe that's rare, but uh, it should certainly be more common. What was, well, I think it's getting rarer. There's yeah. a lot of sabotage that's going on. Like one thing I love about animals is if a snake coils up and it's pissed off, you know it might attack you. If a gorilla's upset, it might beat its chest. Like I love animals and I love innocence because I trust it. A human might smile at you to your face with the intention of putting a knife right in your back. And the human experience is, is interesting, but I love people that wish well on others. I'm drawn to that. Yeah. But the, the art of debate has seemed to disappear. Like when I was a kid, debate was a big deal. I, I was forced to do a debate class mm. when I was in high school. And it didn't really matter the position you took. There was a respect in the art of actually disagreeing. Now you could be a well-wisher and really like through his Christianity, his truth, put so much love on another person, regardless of what decisions they make with their life, want them to actually win, but also not agree that that truth is a real truth and be able to debate that, but it, it doesn't work that way anymore. Like, they can't see respect in each other anymore. This ideology has so much vitriol and hatred for you that it, it wants you dead. It no longer even wants to argue. It thinks you should be eviscerated from the planet, and the people that want that the most seem to be the people that commercialize that on the opposite side, that they are, in fact, that. 
It's such a play, and the media has such great control in this that it's mm. the cards are so stacked against truth, they're so stacked against honesty. It makes it really challenging for truth to thrive when the people that control our education system, I mean, wherever the beacon of freedom is, right? Like the institutions that support and prop up freedom, I guess it was America. The idea of America was the rarest thing in its time when we had separated and, and fought a war to gain independence from, 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 from Britain, right? Am I wrong? So that idea, it's, been, it's really been the beacon for around the world. Well, those institutions that support it have been so corrupted slowly but surely over the countless last decades. Mm. Little bit by little bit, to me it was like COVID was a fast forward effect where it's almost like there was a sleeping dragon that had grown for mm. decades. You kind of knew it was there. You didn't know how bad it was. And COVID is like, well, you know what? Let's go for broke now. Let's really steal elections. Let's mail in bases, man. Like it almost, there's so much stuff that happens so fast that Zuby's right. Let's just find truth in all this. But it, it became so divided that it feels like if I have an opinion that is against mainstream, I got to be very careful if I put it out there. And the people that have the courage to put it out, the people I respect and I want to be like, but I recognize that I, there's a target on your back that's unique. It's no longer debate where we can battle ideas and debate them about, you know, what, if a man can get pregnant, even something as bizarre as that. You know, we just had Zuby on our podcast, the inventor of the mRNA vaccine, Dr. Robert Malone. Intriguing conversation we had with Dr. Malone. This is the guy that invented the technology for the vaccine, and he became really popular on, on Joe Rogan as well during COVID. Yeah for speaking out against it, but it's amazing to hear the real mindset behind the invention of the thing that is so hotly debated by media heads who know nothing, and they and they literally patronized him and made him look like this evil fucking person that's trying to destroy all that's good and, you, and all the labels that come out, and now he's a bigot and a racist, like whatever they can pull out of their pockets, but they make it almost like you shouldn't be alive anymore if you disagree with them. Like this is where freedom's being... I think stolen fast and it's compounding so quick. This is why I love Zuby. I wanted to kind of get some of the sentiment out around like why this topic is so important. People wonder, like you don't think freedom uh, has come and gone? Like it's such a precious thing. It doesn't take much. And I've kind of look at it like this, just like light and darkness, good and evil, wherever there's freedom, there's gonna be some force trying to take it. It's part of the game. And hopefully by Zuby being here, just so graced with his presence, it will inspire normal people to step up and stop turning their cheek to this stuff. No, stand up against it. Like, find your courage. And Zuby inspires me. I think it's people like him that inspire me to do this with you, Matt, here with Man on Mission. But if you were going to say, Zuby, with all these experiences that you have around the world, you're right. You have perspectives that I don't have. I can assume because I'm a, I love history. I'm a student of it. But you kind of have lived in it. You you said you have not lived anywhere. You've been a nomad for how many years? Uh, two and a half years. So, so when the when the UK was getting really gnarly in 2021, and they were trying to like force injections on people and stuff, and they started floating out the idea of uh, you know vax passports and stuff like that, mm -hmm. I remember that exact day. I remember calling wow. my parents and just being like, "I'm done. I'm out, I'm out. here." Yeah. Um, I cut the le I cut the lease short on my apartment, and a month later, I mm. left the country with no intentions to ever come back permanently and um yeah i went to the states i spent three months in the states i had a few events out there then i went to mexico i remember i came back to the uk for christmas just for a couple of weeks yeah and then i was out again the following year and i've been nomadic ever since then that's like 
May or June 2021. Since then, I've been living a life which I call luxury homelessness. But um, <laughs> I've now got, I've actually got three, I've actually got residencies in three different countries now. And I'm going to be officially moving to Dubai mm. next year. Mm. Um, right. I was going to move to the States in, last year I was going to move to the U.S. I, I got my U.S. visa. I've still got my U.S. visa. So I can come and go as I please. But I was very, very close to moving to either Austin, Dallas, Miami, or Tennessee, or Nashville, most likely Austin. But um, <laughs> man, for various reasons, I decided the UAE over the USA. Yeah. And that might upset some people. But I'm a believer in go where you're treated best. <laughs> and as much as I, as much as I love the USA... I don't think that it's the best place for my business location, my business HQ, or for my future family. Right. I'm now thinking a lot about, you know, the upcoming decade, and I'm thinking of where I want to be positioned and of all the different nations that I've traveled to, all the different cities. Mm. Honestly, Dubai is the one that has made the best and most appealing offer to me. So that wow. is going to be where I choose to base myself. I'm still going to be traveling a ton. Sure. I'm yeah. still going to be doing lots of events in the U.S. I'll be in the U.S. a ton. Um, I'll be in the U.K. sometimes. I'll be traveling to other nations and yeah. other continents. But um, yeah, my, my headquarters is shifting from the U.K. to UAE. That's super com compelling. Like the, if you think about what we don't have, Matt, you don't have it, I don't have it. We don't have perspective of, of having a childhood experience in different places around the world. But it gives you a sense of clarity. It gives him a moral authority that I was trying to kind of round that question off to. I love that he, he teed that up. Because my where I was trying to end with that sentiment, I think it ties perfectly into you choosing Dubai, of all places in the world that you could choose. What freedom that is, by the way. But how was your perspective of America growing up? And is it completely in, unaligned with how it was when you were a child? Like, has it dramatically changed from how you thought it was now that you've experienced it? Because I've always assumed as an American that we were the beacon of hope for the rest of the world. Maybe I was that. Maybe that was false. I don't know. Wow, this is a this is a huge question, and it's partly a huge question because the USA is such a huge country in every sense of the word. Um, yeah, how do you? It's almost like there's the, the USA is one country, but it's also yeah, right. like a lot of. It's almost a bit like a continent in some ways. In some ways, it acts like a country. In some ways, it acts like a continent. I mean, you've got 50 different states. Within those states, you have such a range mm. of different cities. I mean, you guys have, what, five, six different time zones. You've got different climates, different demographics, different laws, different right. rules, different cultures. I mean, San Francisco and Dallas, Texas are not all that similar. Mm. Um, Miami is its own beast. New York is its own beast. So, okay. What is the question? My, what do, what was my, is the question? What was my perspective on the USA growing up, or how do I view the USA? What's the question? Well, you, you compare how your instincts were about America. I, I'm I'm fascinated with this question about how foreigners and, okay. and child, you know, especially growing up in the '80s, the '90s, 2000s, your perspective of mm -hmm. what we were, and now your experience with what we actually are. Now that you've had a taste of this. Okay. Okay, first thing up, I think it's important for me to say that the USA is one of my favorite countries in the world. Right. The USA is in my top five favorite countries. As I said, I've been to over 40 different ones, and the US is in my top five. So I don't want people to think that I don't like the US or because I chose to live in Dubai instead that, you know, I'm a, no, nah, I, I like America probably more than most Americans. Um, 
It's true. <laughs> and some of that, again, is, com is coming from perspective. Mm. I think that when I was growing up as a child, I first went to the U.S. when I was four years old. I remember going to the U.S. when I was four years old. And then I went several times during my childhood. I went a few times during my teens and then in my early 20s. So I've been in the country, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 separate times throughout the course of my life. I've always liked the USA, and I still, I still like the USA. Um, it's a cultural powerhouse. It remains an economic powerhouse despite some of the problems and the money printing and all the central banking nonsense that's going on. Um, I think that, man, uh, there's so many angles to tackle this question yeah, because there is. I, I think it's even interesting. Like when you say a country, what does that mean? Yeah. Are you talking to the physical land about the physical landmass? Are you talking about the people? Are you talking about the government? Right? right? Like, what is it a combination of some well, of these things? Right? Yeah. I think even when someone says like, Oh, I don't like that country, or I like that country, sometimes I'm like, Well, what do you? Yeah. What do you mean by it? Do you mean do you mean like the land itself is pretty? And yeah. it's nice? Do you mean that you really like people from there? Do you mean like their culture That's and their point. cuisine and their traditions and these things? Yeah. Do you mean you like the way that their government functions? There's a lot of different ways to there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I would say that overall, I have throughout my entire life, despite the internet madness and all the craziness that we see, I find most Americans, and I've found this throughout my life, to genuinely be good people and to be friendly and to be hospitable and to be welcoming. Um there's some people I know who have this idea of like, oh, America is full of like these bigots and I don't know, racists and sexists and all the isms and schisms and phobias. Um, that generally has not been the truth. I know that with a country of 340 million people, you're going to get a pretty broad, pretty broad spectrum out there. Um, so I think as I've gotten older, my viewpoints has become more sort of nuanced in a way. I think that as someone who does love the U.S., I have got some genuine concerns for some of the directions that it is taking socially, culturally, and politically, particularly over the past decade. Um, I'm, I don't necessarily think that overall the country is better now than it was, say, 10 or 15 years ago. And I think that's a bit concerning. I, I By the way, I would say the same thing about the UK. The West. I think that most of the Anglosphere Western countries, mm -hmm. they've been in this sort of, I don't know, they, they've all been in a cult they've, they've all been in a cultural decline yeah over the last couple of decades i often say that i think humanity or at least the west sort of peaked in the late 90s to early 2000s yeah. and i sort of maintain that position and when i say that i even mean like the movies and the music right. and just like sports it, it seems like there was a yeah it seems like there was a healthy balance found between let's call it liberalism and conservatism yeah i agree and totally now agree. right yeah. and and now it's it's it overcorrected leftwards Right. It overcorrected. You could you could you could look back. OK, let's look at America 100 years ago or even 70 years ago. Right. Um, there wasn't full equality for all citizens. There was a lot of genuine bigotry and active racism. I mean, the Ku Klux Klan at its peak had four million members. Yeah. yeah. Democrats, by the way. <laughs> four, yeah. But 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 yeah. but but think about that. Citizens, four no million way. members. Yeah, right. Like. Crazy. People are like here in 2023 talking about white supremacy or whatever goofy terms they use. And <laughs> right. I'm like, dude, like this used to be like, like, look at the progress that's been made over that century. Yeah. Mm. And I think that it would serve 
Americans of all stripes well to look at and appreciate that progress and yeah. actually appreciate how quickly it has happened. Every nation has dark spots in its history. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no there's no significant country, and even most small countries have like, if you look up their history, like there's a lot of human history is pretty nasty, man. Like can good, I, and, good and evil everywhere, right? Can I, Go ahead. Can I pivot this? Please I want to ground this question to you personally, like take it from the abstract to more personal. So as a fan of yours, I'm intrigued by you personally, right? So like even your remark, <clears throat> the decade ahead, you're 37 or 38 or 37, 38. And um, you're, you're contemplating like this next decade, you're wanting a family. I've heard you comment on Twitter. I had a late, st- I'll, I'll premise this, pr- preface this with my own experience. At 39 in the West, I was, I didn't think I wanted kids. And there's various reasons for that. But I, it's like the Holy Spirit shook me out of my slumber and I wept one day to my wife. And now, thank God Almighty, I have four boys. I'm 49. But here you are, like the America thing at a personal level, you discerned it as an option. And, and I'm presuming you want to get married and, and you're, you're, you're characterizing your compass as a Christian one. Um, what, how do you see this next decade as it relates to, like you, like we, we lost out on the lottery pick of Zuby in America, <laughs> obviously, but you have values in like, okay, I'm picking Dubai, but I'd love to just at a, ground it at a personal level because it's easy to talk about it abstractly, but you, you chose not to mm. camp out here. And we've asked this question before, like how does this end? Like there's always a trajectory. There's always, like, yeah, it's, historically, we kind of know. You, like this is a man, you're a man in the world with your own instincts and you, you want to set roots with the family at some level. I don't know how you care, conceptualize your future. And I'd love to yeah. hear it as it relates yeah. to your decision. I don't know, to your decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's a great question. I don't think anyone has asked me this on a, on a podcast yet. So, hmm. Let me think the best way to, the best way to explain this. Okay. I, let me say, someone who is a sane, common sense, by Western modern standards, more traditional, conservative leaning in terms of most of my sociocultural and political and religious views. Yeah. The every Western country, especially the Anglosphere ones, UK, Canada, Australia, USA. They are increasingly hostile and foreign towards people such as myself and yourselves, right? So if, if we were to look at, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know you guys that well, but I would imagine if we were to look at our values, values and general beliefs and things, right? Sure. Yeah, we're, we're very similar to like what was just considered normal 20 years ago. Yeah, right, right. I often tell people that, um, you know, I think I once had a tweet go viral saying like, um, I'm not far right or whatever. I'm just a normal person from 2005. Yeah, so, right? sure. Like, makes sense. you know, I mean, if you look at America, like if you were to look at the US in, I don't know, the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, the norm was just, you know, um, mostly Christian, certainly sane. Um, people wanted to get married, people wanted to have children, sure. mm-hmm. um, people were having children naturally or just adopting. Um, even talking about parents meant you were talking about a man and a woman. Yeah. Um, 
like everything was just normal. Nobody was debating how many genders there are. There was none of this pronoun stuff. There wasn't, you know, critical race theory floating throughout the schools and people mm-hmm. pushing yeah. BLM and burning down buildings. Right? Like it was just sane. It was it was sane and normal. I mean, if you want to call that conservative now, yeah, it was I, a realistic goalpost. But it was just sane and normal. So let me let me think of maybe the best way to explain this uh to you guys um if you think of think of all the things that american conservatives complain about all the time about their own country yeah the trends yeah well bigger bigger government i can avoid all of that by living in dubai Mm -hmm. i can i can avoid all of it by living in dubai yeah Mm -hmm. right Right. If you're worried about your kids being indoctrinated in school or you're worried that the woke agenda is going too far or you're worried about crime and keeping your family physically safe or you're worried about, um, I don't know, taxes being too high. I can go. I can live in the U at UAE. I can pay zero percent personal tax. Right. I can pay zero percent capital gains tax. I can live in one of the safest cities in the entire world True. where crime almost does not exist mm. they, they want great steal. schools yeah. great medical care um it's a travel hub i can f- direct flights to all anywhere. the major cities in the world pretty much i can get anywhere within a couple of you know within within a day um and i can do all that and yeah just be surrounded by sane people one thing i love about dubai is and and this might sound weird because you you guys have probably never experienced this because it's impossible to experience this in the US unless you like just totally live out in the countryside with no internet connection and no yeah. TV. And one thing I really like there is <laughs> there is no politics and no culture war. Mm. So some people might look at the UAE and be like, "Oh my gosh, it's a dictatorship. They don't have democracy. This is terrible. There's no freedom and whatever." Um, and you can you you could make the argument that it is a soft dictatorship, right? It's a monarchy, sure, but sure. there are no political parties. There's no left. There's no right. There's no elections. It's free market. There's no, it, right? It's just it's free market. It, it's <laughs> like when I, when I go there, it's like this cloud that just lifts off of you. Interesting. Yeah. Right. We, we Everyone have... who's there, it's a, it's a city of you know three million people in the city, about ten million in the country, and everyone is just there doing their job, raising their family looking after their kids, running their business, trying to make money, just just living life, just doing normal stuff. There's no fighting. There's no there's no like fighting between black and white or red and blue or left and right. You know, in the UK, like there's like just all these constant battles and fights that are going on. There's something incredibly pleasant about going somewhere. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, there's no. So is there no welfare in Dubai? (laughs) I feel like I feel like this. I feel like the quote unquote safety like thing that we've created in America is what creates this a huge pocket of victimness, and I feel like in Dubai you're either you're either a creator. Or there's not a lot of room for you. You're either a giver. There's not a room for you. Takers. We have, we have a guy up there. There aren't a lot of takers there, right? Yeah. We, we Eric and I co-facilitate a local mastermind coaching group called Man on a Mission. It's like 65 entrepreneurs, and one of the gentlemen he he, he lives in North Idaho, United States, Northwest United States. He's moving to Dubai. And uh, yeah. oh, interesting. half half time from North Idaho, rural metro area. But, stud, um, kids a stud. And he's and it it caught my eye. Now knowing you're gonna go there, it's like I'd love there. I'm like just because I respect this young man. We're going there here. in March. Yeah, we're gonna go visit him, Zuby. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're taking our group to Bali. So we're, Eric and I are gonna stop off in Dubai. Um, but it oh, does. Fantastic. It's a fascinating inquiry. Like you, it, again, to ground this personally, you're getting to the personal equations. 
and if you want little people to create, you know, if you're going to create some people, that's <laughs> but, interesting, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah. it's Super fascinating. And by the way, and, and by the way, for me personally as well, it's also in the middle of my family. So hmm. I'm a, I've got a big, I've got a big family, but in my immediate family, we are currently spread across the UK, USA, Dubai, and Australia. Hmm. Oh, wow. So actually, if you think geographically, Dubai is actually like in the middle yeah. the hub, of yeah. all of that. And there's direct flights to all of them, direct flights to Sydney, London, New York, Miami, like wherever, so London, good. wherever I need to go. Um, and it's a fantastic hub between the East and the West. Sure. So if you're going East, whether that's to, I don't know, East Asia, Thailand, China, India, Australia, or you're going out West, it's actually just it's a very well located place. Yeah. Let, while while I'm running with this idea, let me um let me answer a question that you you mentioned and this is, you know, where do I think everything is going? Yeah. yeah. Um it's hard to say over the next decade, but I think I think I have an idea of where things are going over the next several decades. And um hmm. I think what's happening in the west is interesting because as I've said, I think most of the anglosphere western countries are stagnant at best and declining at worst um this also mm. depends on where you are right somewhere like the uk to me is is very obviously stagnant yeah the usa is a much more vibrant and dynamic and entrepreneurial country than the than the uh uk so the thing is in the us you can fly much higher than you can in the uk but you can also sink much lower mm. so sure. i see the usa kind of continuing to balkanize and bifurcate in the way that it's already happening, right? You're seeing people leaving California and they're going to Utah, sure. they're going to Texas. People yeah. are leaving New York and they're going Idaho, to Florida. they're coming here. Yeah. Or oh, they're yeah, going, yeah. Yep, exactly. So even within the nation, you're starting to see increased migration. Mm. And I think that this is gonna happen on a massive global scale. One of my big predictions for mm. this century mm. is I see huge, huge migration. Oh, and not so just good. migration, and not just yeah. migration to the values West driven that people migration. are used to. Yeah, yeah. Values driven migration, right? I think that I think that every city and country is going to need to compete for the best people. I totally agree. This is so good. Right? Keep, go, keep going. So I don't want to stop that, your thought. Keep going. I'm just loving it. No problem. So so if you think most of human history, <laughs> people have always been landlocked. <laughs> right? Unless you are willing to it's get true. on a boat and take a very dangerous journey and yeah. sail overseas or something, people have always had to kind of be, you know, live and die wherever they were born, right? If you were born in a village in Nigeria, you stay there. Yeah. Maybe at best you get to move to the city, but you're staying there, you're living there, yeah. you're having your family there. And you're, whereas now we have low, you know, much, much cheaper air travel. We have the internet, which is connected people. You have the rise of remote working. Hmm, you yeah. have so many new ways of making money and doing things that is making people more and more location independent. And people are getting new information, right? I grew up in Saudi Arabia. When I was growing up, even to this day, if I tell people I grew up in Saudi Arabia, most people are like, oh my gosh, scary, that's what. Now I'm getting people like, oh really? Oh, I've heard it's quite nice over there. Or <laughs> yeah, you know no. what, actually I had a friend who visited there last year. Yeah. Or if I say Dubai, I'm, I know people, you know, so many people I know have like been to Dubai or they're like, oh, yeah, I'm visiting or I've got a friend there or, right. you know, I've got a right. Right. Whereas before Stigma. I remember, you know, 20 or 20 years ago, it was like Dubai. Like, what the heck? Yeah, like, right. why would someone want to go there? And so I see that um, hmm. a lot of the sort of let's call them legacy brand countries and cities are going to lose their monopoly. Hmm. OK, so so places like London, 
New York City, San Francisco, LA, LA, Paris, Berlin, all these cities that have like kind of been able to like just glide it's off like of their former glory. Their geography. Yeah. Yes, they're they're going to lose a lot of their cachet, right? Because the shit. taxes are getting higher. They're getting they're getting less safe. Why do people? Why were people even moving there? Because of the jobs, right? But what if you can do that job sure. somewhere else? What if your company can be based in New York or be based uh, in Berlin, and you can be chilling in Bali, sure. or you can be uh, yeah. living in freaking Serbia or whatever it is? So, I see that there's going to be a lot of a shift because at the same time that this stagnation and decline is happening in many parts of the West, other places are improving very very quickly Mm -hmm. very quickly right i think a lot of people still have this idea and i see this all the time particularly from americans if i'm being honest where they're like oh there's nowhere else to go and i'm like i'm like y'all are hilarious what do you mean there's nowhere else to go like you do like there's people who think that everywhere outside the west is like unlivable right (laughs) they think it's like we have you know like this is the nice part of the world and then all of these other so good Almost, you know, yeah. they, 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 these are people who think there's like yeah, yeah. five livable, right. you know, maybe 10 livable countries yeah, and the other true. 180 something are just terrible crap holes, which are super <laughs> yeah, dangerous yeah, and yeah. scary. Christ, and my, my that buddy, is, that's, and, yeah. And, and, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I don't want to derail you, my buddy, he's, he's from the States, married a Swedish gal, and he lives on the coast of Spain. And it's amazing all the thinking and the values and the, yeah, that's cool. It's like it just talking to him on Telegram. It just opened my eyes to exactly what you're saying. It's yeah. like a whole world. I'm glad we went here, like because yeah, I'm so sorry cool. to derail the thought. I, I just so good to, experientially, you're you're right on, man. It's so good to get perspective. It, we were earlier. We had Jimmy. I know Rex. it's okay. We had Jimmy Rex here in in studio earlier. He spoke to our mastermind. I think he's interviewed you before. We had him on our podcast, but we this topic somehow actually did come up mm-hmm. where we were talking about the intrinsic value that's hard to place a value on. And living in a place like Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which was, has become like the new like Aspen. Yeah, it's yeah. like the new Aspen of, of yeah. this market. We were the number one city on the cover of, of the Wall Street Journal during COVID for where, where money was moving in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, up really up north by Canada, one of the most beautiful places in, in the world right here in Coeur d'Alene, a lakefront community. This is a really posh place, a lot of money up here where we live. But it's interesting, like I don't lock my doors. I feel so much trust in my community, my gut. I know that if we don't, if we come to a place where we go to flip on the lights and they don't come on, I just have a gut feeling that we're going to be fine. Like, I'm going to protect my neighbors and their families. They'll protect mine. There's more weapons around me than people. And I just trust that. You can't place a value on that. And you can see it in the market. There's no bums anywhere. Like, everything is like, is moving here regardless of what's happening in the bigger economies. Yeah. But it's what he's saying. I feel in court. So as an American answer his question, like, did you, do you, do you feel like this is good for me too? It's good for you, but for my family as as an American man, you know, do you feel like, well, clearly there's other pockets like this scattered across the world. Or have you been like, like, like Zuby's suggestion, like this last, this last five years of my life uh, has exploded my perspective because I, I have resources now. I travel, I can move. I, I hang around billionaires. I have, I have a lot of connectivity with people that can frequent the world on a dime. And it's just because of how, where my momentum has taken me. But growing up, yeah, yeah, bro, he would have I been know. exactly your caricature, patriotic. Ain't no fucking place to live but the U.S. No, everything's <laughs> everything's evil. Like it's freedom. Yeah, yeah, like that's why yeah, I love so. that we tapped into your childhood experience. I can kind of pair it with mine. Of yeah. the world is is an unsafe place, and freedom is the safe place in America. But the way I see it now mm. is, I don't think this end well is in America. And I'm really curious to see if the well, if elections are real. I don't know. 
I'm very cautious yeah, well, of that. The, you know, you know, it's interesting what you just said about about the U.S. and about the area that you live in. Like I said, one gigantic um, advantage in the USA is that the country is so vast, and because you do have this, um, hmm. what you call it, sort of a federal federalized system where you know you've got fifty different states and they've got their own independent governance, and you've got all these different pockets. Um, somewhere like the UK is a lot more top down. Do you yeah, see what I mean? Yeah, so like if California starts yeah. if California starts going crazy, you can move you've got 49 other options within the same nation. Yeah. Right? In the UK, if it's going down, it's going freaking down, you right? Like to, you, you there's no there's no place yeah. like you described yeah. in the UK, right? You're there talking about, "Oh, you know, my my neighbors have guns." And like we, we can't have butter knives, man. Like there's no <laughs> so so the US is truly unique in that yeah. regard where, you know, I'm not even here saying, "Oh, every American like you know, flee the USA or anything like that. That's sure, not my no. message. I don't know. I'm sure. very much a believer in simply like, you know, like my friend Andrew Henderson at Nomad Capitalist says, his catchphrase is go where you're treated best. Hmm. And I'm very much a fan of that. I'm about expanding people's minds and then just encouraging people to have options, right? Yeah. Like if someone is like, you know what? My place is, you know, I just, I love Miami and that's my spot. I'm like, dude, awesome. I'm not trying to, I'm not here trying to like shill any country or city anybody can i ask a I'm question not sure, on like that? hey every, everybody needs to yeah go ahead yeah Zuby. like so as a dad I, when i pivoted you know i'm i don't know 12 years older than you i i instinctually as a human i was like i'm gonna get i'm gonna pick a place this pocket and i'm gonna have children here and i'm gonna set roots so they have like continuity sense of an idea and identity structure and i think there's like a burden on the psyche of us. We're, we're part mammal. We're part spirit. Human beings are complicated creatures. And as, if you're going to raise children, like, I don't know, it, it seems like challenging. Like, wow, I could travel the entire world, pick wherever I want to go. And like, what's the downside to this? Like, do you have instincts like, okay, I'm going to put a home base in Dubai some of the years. So my kids have like a continuity of relationships. I mean, you don't, the kids you hope to have. And it, it's a fascinating time to be a human being. Like it's not like you were saying earlier, it's not geography based. It's like a values driven thing where you can put yourself anywhere on the planet earth. If you create those opportunities for yourself, there's gotta yeah, be, there's a downside. Man. There's gotta be a downside or a strain or like, I, I wouldn't travel. Do you, do you mean, well, I, this like with children, I have no attraction to uh, traveling to 20 countries a year with children, like none, zero. I, and I don't even think it'd be, <laughs> now I'm not saying that you're advocating that, by the way, I'm just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. the instincts, like obviously like there's this, the West, like the traditional structures of the West are in decline, but they also served a function for centuries. And uh, here's a man. And they still do. And they still do. And, and, I, and maybe in the pockets, they're being reinforced in some places. But um, how do you think about that? Like that you've been a you've been a quote nomad, but now now you're thinking about a family. Like that's got to. What are you going to do about that? Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think first of all, like the stage I'm at and I've been at for the past two years in my life, is a totally unique stage yeah. that I've never been in before, and I'm never going to be in again. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So a combination of having relative financial freedom, mm -hmm. and for the most part. I was single. I'm not single anymore now, yeah. but had a lot of money, single, a lot of opportunities and bookings in different cities and countries, right? Like I'm a public speaker. I'm a musician. I get booked to do stuff all over the world. Yeah. So I have to travel anyway. And that's going to continue, by the way, even when I do have a family and so on, 
my travel is not going to be as as intense as it currently is, but I'm still yeah. I'm still going to travel, right? Even if I'm based in Dubai, cool. You want me to go, come speak in Washington D.C. or do a big interview and do yeah. a big event in Austin or in Cal? Like I'll go wherever go. wherever I'm needed to go. Yeah. Um. So part of why I've been even going so hard with it all is because I know, like, okay, cool. Like this is the like this is also the time for me to do it. Yeah. Right. Momentum. I'm not here. This like, oh, it. everyone should pursue this lifestyle. Like the what lifestyle I do is not. It's not feasible for 99% of people because no. they, one, one, they might not have the resources Two, they might not have the personality. Like some people are more ho- homebody types. Yeah. Some people are not particularly interested in traveling a lot. I love traveling. Yeah. I've been traveling since I was a, I've been traveling since I was a baby, yeah. right? By five years old, I'd been on more flights than most people do in a lifetime. Fascinating. So for me, that's kind of just normal. I also have family. Like I said, my family is scattered around. So if I even want to see my family, I have to travel. Like we're not all in the same place. You're right. Right. Mm. So for, for different people, that's different. Some people are like, oh, Hey, well, all my family is in this place. So they want to stay close to that. Whereas with me, I was in Dubai two weeks ago. I'm in the UK right now so that I can spend Christmas with my family. Two weeks ago, I was with my sister and her family. When I next go to the States, I'm going to see my other sister and her family. Cause nice. she's there. Right. I'll try. I'll, I'll, um, I just saw my brother over the weekend. Cause my brother is one of my other brothers based in London. And then my other brother's way out in Australia. But you know what? I was in Australia last year because I got booked to speak there. And then I was like, hey, I've got family here. Let me stay for three weeks. So mm. funnily enough, of all the people in my family, I'm the one who actually sees everybody the most because I'm the <laughs> one who's mobile. Yeah, is right. Traveling yeah. around all the place. So awesome. look, you know, one, once I uh, once I get married and I have kids, then it's going to need some type of different approach. One idea that I really like, and again, I'm not even recommending this for people because it's kind of out there. Yeah. But um. I, I like the idea of a sort of trifecta approach mm. of having sort of having my primary base, mm-hmm. but spending most years perhaps across three different, three different places. Mm. Um, so that could be, for example, the UAE, it could, it could be the UAE, the UK and the USA, right? Mm. Those are the yeah. three countries I already frequent the most, all the United ones. Right. Um, so it could be that, or it could be, cause also Dubai is, <laughs> the weather is pretty brutal in the summer. Mm. You should so come here in July and nice August. We're going to compete like, for you. Yeah, we're going to compete for Zuby. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Purby, Coeur d'Alene, <laughs> Idaho, yeah. July, and I, August. And I, and Just look at it, bro. Him and Jordan Just Peterson. Him and Jordan We have like Marky Wal- Mark Wahlberg here, yeah. Tony Robbins. Like, look at Coeur d'Alene M- for July, August. That's it. That's all yeah. I ask of you. I would love to have This is freedom, baby. You want freedom? Come to Coeur d'Alene. We'll compete for Zuby. Go ahead, Zuby. Yeah, you go ahead. No, yeah, I love that. And, you know, look. I, I, it's very hard for, I don't like to do the, um, overly sort of pontificating and speculating on what exactly my life is going to look like once I have, you know, dependents and Mm -hmm. once I have young children and stuff like that, because there's things that I can predict and there's things that I totally cannot predict. Right. I know that, you know, my, my schedule and priorities, all that stuff is going to change, but I think something that, um, I would like my future children to have Lord willing as well is. Um, for them to be also, you know, in the way that I was able to see a lot of the world mm-hmm. and my parents were able to, you know, kind of show us a lot of different, I'm one of five kids and, you know, growing up, we, we got to see different parts of the world and experience different cultures and just gain, you know, gain these different perspectives yeah. that now allow me to do some of the things that I do. And I would like my, 
yeah, I'd like my my kids to have that. In, in fact, I don't. I, th- I think it's going to be impossible for, impossible for them not to because yeah, it's beautiful. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to travel. <laughs> it's yeah, they're, they're gonna have to travel. It's a beautiful. So, um, it's a beautiful part, thing. Part of the reason I work part of the reason I work so hard is because I look towards that. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Um, and and I'm I've never said this, you know, before, but I'm you know I'm I'm increasingly ready for that chapter yeah. for that chapter of my life. Um, I have 10 nieces and nephews and that's, that's awesome. Amazing. So even though I'm not a parent, I've been an uncle for 18 years, uh, five nieces, five nephews. And I've sort of seen the process that all four of my older siblings have all gone through. Mm. And I've obviously got a lot of friends and acquaintances who are married and have kids and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe, maybe like yourself, Matt, um, there was a time in my life, you know, certainly 10 years ago, but maybe even six or seven years ago where like that whole concept was kind of a bit scary to me, right? Yeah. Partly because you know I just I just wasn't ready yet, like even in terms of my career and my yeah. finances and stuff like that. Whereas now I'm like, cool, like, let's go. Yeah. I think um uh, I think I'm ready for that, right? Like that's the next big move. That's beautiful. Yeah, and it's cool to be able to to map something like that when you can flex hard and you have some good stability and freedom underneath you and a little bone structure. And I I didn't know shit when I was 21. A lot of kids pop out babies when they're still children. Mm-hmm. You kind of have a have you know have some scar tissue. You you've built momentum. You can do what you want. That's freedom, and it's really cool. It's inspiring. It's cool to get a little to know the man, right? Yeah. I go because I'm always trying to think about questions that the audience wants to hear. Who should who are you voting for? Is it Trump? Yeah, yeah. Like, but Matt Matt <laughs> always gets to the core of a person. I think that's amazing. Maybe maybe that doesn't happen as much for you. And I appreciate that Matt always brings that light in a person, which humanizes them in a really unique way. I feel like we got a really f- sound. Yeah. feel for Zuby, the man that grew up and had all these unique experiences, which to me validates his opinion 10 times more than now that I know his story. Hmm. It really wants me to elevate him more. And it, it, I'm a bigger fan because I know the man. It's not just a talking head now that I happen to agree oh, with or I happen to not agree with. I can hear the perspective. Every person's got a story and, and it does. It humanizes people and it yeah. really gives them a unique authority in their in their opinion that it, you can really chew on even if you don't agree it i can i can level with yeah, you yeah yeah so, it's know amazing no yeah. there's value in it yeah. but there still is fun in asking yeah, we, yeah. go ahead yeah absolutely man I was, I was just gonna say that um you know when I, when I do these type of interviews and i answer these kind of questions i'm often just trying to just expand people's minds a little bit expand people's minds expand people's perspectives yeah. and also expand what they think is possible Mm. Um, I think that for many people, by the time they reach adulthood, I think, you know, children come into the world and they have these like giant imaginations and they think they can do everything. They don't really have like limits and boundaries so much. And funnily enough, a core part of raising children from what I've seen is actually putting these boundaries and limitations in place. Um, but I think that can get, that can get overdone, especially by society itself, right? Where it becomes so rigid and people... You know, yeah. Again, coming coming back to that idea of like, you you can take this out of the USA, but just like, imagine you're in any country, and you even utter the phrase that like, oh, there's nowhere else to go. I'm like, bro, have you seen a globe? That's true. Have you looked at a map yeah. before? Have it's, you looked at a map? Like, there's such a, it's there's such a narcissistic a, statement. Yeah, I agree. But I can think I can speak to yeah. that a little bit with the instincts that sure. I feel like I had as a child. I look at LeBron James's and Michael Jordan's and Tiger Woods. And I, it's easy to say only in America, baby. 
Like you look at some of the best technologies in the world that came out of this country. You look at how America did unleash shit that you don't see anywhere else, mm -hmm. honestly. Or we be, we were the thread that other countries followed that maybe led to a Dubai. I don't know. But it's really yeah, easy to dude. say, like, show me a LeBron anywhere else in the world. And that's why I kind of attack LeBron mm. in the same way as, like, hey, shut up. Look at you. Yeah, like, be, look, be, come be on, grateful, only in America, bro. bro. Be grateful, bro. But yeah. that yeah. might be changing now. That you may be changing. That, that is such an important point you brought up. Thank and you. do you know what I think is the greatest weakness of America? Is that, I think, I th okay, actually, you know what? I, I, I'm, this, this is a double-headed coin. So I'm going to be equally critical to quote unquote, both sides. Sure. Okay. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking broadly here and I don't like using the terms, the left and the right, but for simplicity and for understanding, I'm going to use them in this instance. Look at him dodging those. There are, a, <laughs> like there are, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of yeah. people, particularly on the left in America who do not appreciate America because they lack perspective, right? They they want to tear it down. They want to destroy it from within. They want to rip down all the institutions totally. because they think it's it's racist and it's bigoted and it's homophobic and it's based on white supremacy and there was slavery and there was this and there was that, right? They can see every single flaw, not just in America right now, but in American history. And based on that, it's an evil nation and they're super sure. anti-patriotic. They hate the flag. They want to tear the whole thing down. Yeah. down. You've got that on one side. Um, and that's the, and that's the more destructive one. But on the flip side, you have a lot of people who tend to be like more on the right, you know, the super patriotic America is number one types mm -hmm. um, who have never left America. And because of that, they often don't they have some blind spots in terms of seeing the room for improvement. Hmm. Right. So. America is a fantastic country, right? Your analysis is correct. America is an incredible country. It's unique. It's produced so many things that other places haven't. It's huge. You've got the biggest pop. You, I think you guys forget you have the biggest population in the West by a freaking mile, hmm. right? You have over 300 million people, right? Right. That's like there's no Western part. country yeah. besides the USA that even has over a hundred million. Right. You guys have a giant, giant country, both population wise and size. Right. There's so much money over there. It's a stupidly wealthy country. There's so much there. Um, but. There's also room for improvement. Right. So my view of patriotism isn't we're number one. So why try harder? My view of patriotism is like, <laughs> hey, we've got something great here. We've made all this progress. But you know what? We can't rest on our laurels. Let's look at the things that were number one that we shouldn't. You know what? Let's not be number one in absent fathers. USA is the USA is number one in absent fathers. USA is number Boom. one in opioid use. Amen. USA yeah. is near USA is near number one in some parts in terms of obesity and diabetes True. and drug yeah. and um, it's number yeah, one maybe. in drug overdoses. Like the USA Let's is number go. one in some things that you don't want to be number one. Unhealthy. In. And I don't even think like you're in the top twenty of it. Yeah. Yeah. But and, right. and I don't think you're in the top twenty of education. Right. So no. it shouldn't be like, oh, China my gosh, crushes blow us. up the whole thing. But it also shouldn't be like, but it You're also right. shouldn't be like, hey, we're perfect and we have nothing no. to learn from anybody else. No. One of the reasons why certain parts of the world, you could look at China, you could look at India, you could look at the Gulf countries in the Middle East. One of the reasons why their economies are growing so quickly and why they're making so much progress and becoming more and more appealing places every year is because they, they have this national humility 
to learn from other places, right? So Dubai does learn from America. They learn in both ways, right? They like, they look at this, they look at the States and they're like, okay, let's take that. Let's take that. Let's do that. Leave oh that. no, let's not do that. Yeah, look what they do. Look what they do with golf. Let's, that's let's that's, that's basically what you see as the future of the, the world. Balance. Yeah, you're you're, you're it, the future of the world. You now have this opportunity where you can take parts that work and and and, and kind of construct elements yes. of the best of different yeah, countries, and then you're going to attract like-minded people and that want to congregate. It's fascinating. And it's funny. I have not met anybody that has been to Dubai that does not rave about it. It strikes my and ear. And they, they yeah. feel safer in Dubai mm. than they do anywhere in America. I hear this constantly. Mm. And they're always from people with a lot of resources. Yeah. People that have eyes to see that are truly well-traveled, they'll say there's no better place than someone like Dubai. Because it really is probably the greatest example of wh- how the free market can work if you just let the free wor- market make decisions. You don't need lawyers and tort reform. Yeah. You need a free market because it weeds that. out the good and the bad. My, it I, it, it yeah. levels the yeah. playing field for you. You don't need government to do it. Trust me, the market speaks loudly. Hmm. And it, and, but that's the thing is government always found ways to get its little nose in there thinking that it knows better. Now, I'm sure there were some advances to it, but bottom line is a free market is a great system. Just lean on it. Let it ride. Mm. And look what happens in Dubai. There's no crime there. There's not. People won't steal from you. I mean, there's, there's, some, strict, there's some strictness around that, but at the end of the day, there's no room. The market doesn't let it in. Mm. There's, not, there's yeah. not a safety net for people to be slum bags. There's just not. You, can't, you won't eat there if you don't produce, baby. Hmm. Am I wrong, Zuby? No, you're correct. And, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of the stuff that people will criticize um, somewhere like Dubai for, a, a lot of these are things that used to be very hard, like ingrained in both the UK and the USA, especially the USA, mm-hmm. right? Like, Work. I mean, the USA didn't used to have income taxes. Right. Yeah. That's a, it's, it's, it, right. Yeah. The USA, like it was always like, yeah, it's of crime. course, like the rule of law is important. You can't, you can't rob, you you can't steal, you can't assault That's, people. So what, you can't what, like, you know, what fell apart? Is it a religious, is it, and, the, you know, the, yeah. What, why is it the religious structures falling apart? Like what? It's all intentional. I think. Yeah. I don't, you're right, man. Man, it's, 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 it's multiple things. Honestly, it's, um, it's, it's multiple things. It's the it's the decline of the family. That's huge. Oh, it's huge. It's when you've got a very very large percentage of your population coming from some type of broken home, no or fatherlessness, doubt. or so on, across hundreds of millions of people, like that's gigantic. That's, gigantic. that's an that's an atom bomb. You're right. That's an atom bomb on a population. And in the um, 1950s, then this was had, a, they actually incentivized this. If you just study history just a little bit. You can see where they went in. And this is how they got the black vote. They did a really good job. Democrats flipped the script at some point. You just be honest with history. Call it how you see it. But there was, there was things that happened, and it just was destructive for certain communities. And the one thing they were mm-hmm. good at doing was incentivizing a separated father out of a family. I promise you, yeah, I'm not true. making Thomas this up. Soul, Thomas Soul articulates yes. that so well. Yeah. And, and do you know something that's really interesting in the USA is, um, you know, from what I can see, it seems like, Black Americans are often the canary in the line. That's exactly right. Whatever, right, whatever trend or uptick or downtick or whatever you start to see happening amongst that demographic, if you give it a decade or two, you really start to see it affecting other demographics and communities. So Interesting. maybe that's, you know, that's something that people should, yeah, should keep sad, an eye sad. on. Um, True. So yeah, I think um, the <laughs> decline of family you couple that with the decline of faith, you couple that with, you know, the welfare policies, the things you're talking about. And then just this whole basket of terrible ideas that we call 
you know, wokeism or, you know, let me be more precise. Secular progressivism. Yeah. Secular mm. progressivism has a lot of bad ideas. Yeah. Right. It's got um, and, and that's roots. different. That's different to liberalism. You know, liberalism includes freedom of speech, yeah. free markets, oh, yeah. uh, individual rights, Used treating to. people fairly and equally like all that stuff. You know, yeah. Like I'm not, um, classical you know, liberal as they say true true yeah, yeah true yeah. yeah true or classical liberalism you know has has a lot of good ideas but when you just have this like hardline secular progressivism which is trying to just disintegrate everything good and just like throw bad ideas whether this is uh you know yeah. abolish the police or this is <laughs> legalizing story. shop basically effectively legalizing shoplifting or um allowing people to just be homeless and do drugs on the street all that kind of stuff crazy like i mean no, let, it, it, Zuby, it's bonkers. Let me give you the, it doesn't work. Let me give you one of the greatest examples I can think of that's just clear cut that we can all see. When I was a kid, a liberal was very cautious of government. So kind of the, the goalpost keeps getting moved and the, the, the scripts kind of got flipped in a sense. Liberals used to be so not trusting of big pharma is a good example or, or big government. Like in a sense where where like they would think it's the it's the, the businessmen republicans that are making all this money behind the scenes and now they're like give me the shot like I, when i was a kid liberals were like hippies they didn't want anything in their body that was from made from the government yeah. now they trust it so much that they rave about it and they wear these crazy badges of honor and i don't get all this like you see how quickly it kind of flips yeah. they're really good at doing that somehow and it's confusing to me I don't know. I have a theory on that. Yeah, I want to hear this. I have have a theory on that if we have time. Um, I have a theory that um, the the rise of, you know, what I call woke capitalism. Okay, do you guys, okay, here's my theory. And, uh, you know, this is, Hmm, I haven't even studied this and connected all the dots. But if you think of what you were just saying, traditionally, traditionally the left was always a thorn in the side of the big corporations. That's my point. Yes. Right. Like that's kind of the that's that's actually the purpose of a per- properly functioning left. Right. They want to yes. make sure that um, businesses and corporations and big things in general don't start um, monopolizing and price gouging and exploiting workers and all that. Right. Think trade unions, all this kind of stuff. Right. The proper role of the left was always to keep the big corporations and the big bosses check. in check. Yes. Okay. I think what year was uh do you, do you guys remember Occupy Wall Street? Yeah, I do. Yeah, 2008. Yeah. Is it, it was, 2008? Right around it was there. Okay. Obama. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think that was a moment not just in the US but actually globally after the whole banking collapse and all the finance fiascos where a lot of people actually woke up and were like starting to point the finger in some of the correct directions. Right. Pointing the fingers at the bankers and the central banking, like saying, wait, hang on. Y'all are screwing over like everybody. Y'all are paying yourselves these giant bonuses after you've lost people's money and you're failing and the public funds are being used to bail you out and so on. So my theory is that after 2008, a lot of these corporations started doing what I call woke capitalism to keep their natural enemies in check to placate them. Genius, actually. So now you can make money hand over fist. You can exploit workers overseas. You can pay low wages. You can do whatever you want. If you hang the rainbow flag. (laughs) 
yeah, exactly. You got it, right? Like, hang the rainbow flag, put up the BLM fish, right? You can keep doing it. It costs like, $89 at Staples is all it costs them, bro. <laughs> you, you can have people, you know, dig, digging up, have children digging up, like, lithium in mines and whatever, and yeah, have, crazy. like, your factory they're, they're workers in China, the whatever. They're preying on the you know heart. What? Yeah, dude, yeah, you're on it. So good. It's yeah. right. So that, that, is, that is my theory. That's my theory on the sort of rise of woke capitalism over the past 15 yeah. years, because I think it keeps the left in check because they're just satisfied by the virtue signaling sure. and they don't really dig any deeper to see, okay, wait, yeah. are these corporations and, really, and I can add, um, are yeah. they really about it? Yeah. I don't, and again, I think it, they don't, they're globalists. And so it's not just America anymore. These companies think global and they're, I think they all kind of buy into this idea of, of a one world order. You know, it changes because it takes sort of like your your pride for your country out of the equation. And a country is not just in America. They don't just represent America anymore. There's as much money made in China, if not more, than there is right here in America. So the incentive to do America right has, has changed completely. This is a worldwide stage that we could sell to now. And it does. Even that slight re-angle means, well... Who cares if we screw up America and destroy the middle class? <laughs> We're going to make more money by taking this approach and bringing value structures and destroying them, destroying God. You know, what, what's happened with government and big corporations? They all got in bed together, and they all make money off each other. Lobbyists are just evil for this country. They just they rape and pillage it. And, they, and, and really, no, you know, the founding fathers got one thing terribly wrong term limits. But they couldn't imagine jets flying from from LA to to Washington DC. We're on a horse and buggy. No one's going to yeah. do that for the rest of their life. Yeah. You're going to be 2 years in serve and get out. They couldn't imagine trains and cars and automobiles like they really screwed up because the lobbying state paired with lifetime politicians like Nancy Pelosi who are going to die in office like Nancy Feinstein and Harry Reid, who died the richest senator in American history and had never held a public or private job in his life. He wow. came right out of college as a public servant and somehow made that much. You know how entrepreneurs, how hard it would be to die that rich? Multimillionaire. Like you're a rare, you're a one-on-one, basically. And he did it in politics. And, 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 and I, we know how he did it. And I, I could give you a lot of examples. I grew yeah, up yeah. in Nevada. But yeah. the point is here, to end this... This is, this is all a game, and it's no longer as America as an idea that is going to be the beacon of hope to continually correct and be humble and try to keep advancing our position yeah. in life for the rest of the world to be a beacon. America is on the decline on purpose. This is part of the game plan is to neutralize that, silence the middle class, and really like confuse these children because that's where there's control. And now children are being I taught you'll own nothing and be happy. Go ahead. Course. Yeah. No, I, I wanted to let you finish. Um, you. Let me inject some optimism into all this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Let's wrap with because some Christmas optimism here, Zuby, please. And I want yeah, some predictions. Let's wrap too. with some optimism. <laughs> okay. And I, I want to say something that I genuinely believe to be true. I'm not just saying this to um, counter counter any sort of negative thoughts or yeah. demoralization that might be in some listeners' brains right now. But I truly believe that every single individual every good and decent person or person who strives to be decent and good, people vastly underestimate their own power. And I think one of the biggest problems in human history has been the general public massively underestimating their own power, mm -hmm. right? The people who rule, rule the world, it's not Klaus Schwab or the WEF or Bill Gates or anything. It is us. It is us. True. It's we like, you know, what's that phrase that Americans love? We the people. It's, it's the people who ultimately have the power. 
And I'm not even saying this in like a truly revolutionary sense. I was saying all through the pandemic, at any point, this can be ended. Take off your stupid masks and go outside and it's over. Yeah, it's it's over. a wrap. If you all just stop playing along, right? So just stop true. doing it, right? Just stop, just, just, just go back to normal and it's over, right? They can't control you. Like no one's gonna come out and start like hitting you with a stick or whatever. It's like, just, just take it off, right? People are like putting on these some masks of submission. And I'm like, dude, just stop wearing it. Mm -hmm. I remember, um, I remember going to Las Vegas. Um, shout out to my friend Tyler, Tyler in Vegas, great guy. And I actually remember I came to Vegas in um in 2021 when they still had like all the mask mandates mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um I remember having a conversation with him. I was just like, bro, like take that thing off, like yeah. stop wearing it. Yeah, totally. Right? And he was like, it, it was like you know, like so many people had this mental bear. I was like, dude, just take it off. Like no one's going to say anything. You're not going to totally. get in trouble, whatever. And then from like that moment on, he like never, you know, he, he, he never wore one again. Cause, cause people kind of just got programmed, right? Totally. Oh, I'm entering a building. I put this on, I'm entering a restaurant. I put it on, totally. I sit down, I take it off. I just, so I was like, just, just stop, like, just, just stop yeah. doing it. Right. Um, so I, I ultimately believe that like the power always lies in the people, yeah. right? Um, we have our own individual actions. You guys are, you've got your marriage, you've got your children, you've got like, there's so much stuff that we have like, like, okay. I mean, some stuff is complicated, right? When people are like, you know, how do we fix the fatherlessness crisis? How do we fix the book? I, like, I don't know a fully scalable solution, but yeah. I know on an individual level, at a time, we yeah. each have to like, we, we each have to make our stuff work, right? We have to work on ourselves. Yes. mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, get right with God. And then with our, you know, girlfriends, wives, spouses, husbands, um, and then your children, and then your community, all the different communities that you're in. And if, if everyone were to do that, then the problem, the problem fixes itself. Yes, the TV might be against you. Yes, the music industry might be against you. Yeah. Yes, there might be an uphill battle in this and in this and in this. But I mean, don't give them so much power. Amen. Right? Like, don't, don't, don't give them so much power. Like, take, take that power back. And it's why it's part of why I push physical fitness so much because yeah. I'm just like, dude, like, yeah, start there. If you're genuinely worried, yeah, start there, man. Start like, if there, you can't, baby. if you can't fight against the Twinkie, how are you going to fight against you know the globalist hey, hey, lizard people? I'm with so you, man. True. I'm with you. I am. And, <laughs> and you know what? I I, I think yeah. you're right for sure. And I hope there is a backlash of people waking up to this. I think they went too far with the woman thing, the the transgender thing. They they just pushed yep. it too far. I think even a liberal woman with a little girl. Like, I don't know if I want that guy going it, it in the rattled bathroom. Rattled some with out of their slumber. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> Honestly, like deep exactly. in your soul, you kind of know it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know common I mean? sense. Like, I don't know. I just yeah. it's just a little tacky and and it, come on, like all this stuff. Like walking around in vagina outfits, like in par we have parades of that about this shit. <laughs> I'm telling you, you see these parades in San Francisco. It's like, come the fuck on, this ain't real, is it? I lived. This in, is I lived so in, perverse. Yeah, Boulder, Colorado. There was all these like vagina monologues, at theater things. I remember for a wild, time. bro. It was, it's just like this ain't freedom. I was That's like, gross. Talk about the canary in the coal mine. You know, well, seriously. It, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. You. I, I I will I will be in the um, the autocracy <laughs> and the um, monarchy. And the dictatorship of Dubai. So I love it. It's fascinating. Me, awesome. yeah, they, they do. They they do not welcome the vagina hats. They yeah. do not <laughs> welcome. <laughs> they wouldn't allow. They wouldn't let you lease the. They wouldn't let you lease the space to do a vagina monologue theater. <laughs> 
It's just like, <laughs> and it's not because they're being prejudiced. They're just sensible. They're like, no. No, nah, children are here. It's yeah, just, yeah. come on, man. Keep some Yo, shit and sacred. I'll, t- I'll tell you what's crazy. I'll tell you one of the craziest things um, in in Dubai is like, this is gonna this this is probably gonna upset some people, but it feels more Christian to me there than it does in the UK or USA. Wow, yeah, I can see that, man. Yeah, but I get it. If you knowing your values, or at least as yeah. they appear to me, the fact that you are gonna stake a, a stake there, obviously, obviously, you either have the freedom to be a Christian, or there's a lot of similarly aligned. Oh, absolutely. It's like Dude, I. Um, it's like all my Muslim the, contacts. Like they, I, you know, you go in a freaking. Uh, Uber with a, a devout Muslim and you leave it and you're like, well, we're pretty much aligned on hundred percent of things. <laughs> like it's just like their family structure. <laughs> like this guy I could barely understand. And we leave, we're high fiving and we're just like, well, we see the world the same, bro. I could totally yeah. see that. Yeah. I, I believe you, man. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, um, you know, because pe- people, people have a lot of mischaracterizations about Dubai. I think maybe because when people think of the middle East, they think of like, they kind of lump all the countries together. Yeah. Like they don't separate, you know, they think Saudi, Iran, Iraq, UAE, Qatar, sure. like they think they're all the same thing and yeah. they're, they're really not. They're not. Um, yeah. In the UAE, like, cause a lot of people actually ask me, especially um, my, my Christian followers, you know, about freedom of, of religion or, you know, what it's like being a, a Christian there and so on. And I think people have to remember that Dubai is 90% expats. I did yeah, not right. know that. Only ten percent. Only ten percent of people in Dubai are are Emiratis. That's amazing. Ninety percent of the population, every single country in the world is represented there. So there is there is freedom of religion there. Like the church I go to, it's like Rome is so. Yeah. The church I go to there, they have seven services every Sunday, each with five hundred to a thousand people, and there are so many people that they're looking for a third building. They've got two buildings now. They're looking for a third building just for that single church. So in terms of freedom, there's, there is freedom of religion there. The only thing that you can't do, the, the where they draw the line, yeah. you can go to church, you can go to synagogue, you can go to mosque, you can do nothing. Um, you just can't proselytize to locals. I like that. That works. <laughs> so, so if you wanted to, you know, yeah. come there on a missionary mission and, you know, start like, like that. That preaching works. to the locals or whatever, like they, 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 they don't like that. Let but your if life you want to come, the bring the Bible, practice... No, no problem at all. You'll have zero problems. You can wear a cross in public. Leave, leave people I was just alone. There. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I was just there. That Merry Christmas displays everywhere. Christmas yeah. music playing everywhere. Like, I think some people have again. People conjure up this idea in their head that oh my gosh, like it's super oppressive. Sure. You can't do this and you can't do that. And then you, you you'll see. Like when when you go there We're in coming, March, you'll yeah, be like, we'll oh okay. Life's like, a strange thing. Maybe is, I'll uh, move to Dubai too. <laughs> you never know, buddy. You know what I'm saying? I I've been wanting to ask you this. <laughs> I life's, just want, and I want to ask you this, thinking about yeah, what, what, view, what viewers may want here. It might be kind of a fun way to yeah. end. What's cool when you get momentum around yourself and you really find a voice in this landscape that's very hard to break through, and you broke through, brother, you did, and I'm congratulating you. I think it's amazing because you. you're going to impact lives along the way, and this is what it's all about. But I guarantee people are looking for your endorsement. People in America recognize that you are a figure that now that has a lot of authority. You're more authority in something that is quite it's rare. It's a responsibility. You know, and I, I've been in rooms with Vivek. I've I've been I was just at a dinner with uh, even who surprised me by the way um, was um, Robert Kennedy Jr., which was really interesting. I, I, I it was an interesting conversation around COVID, which I was very it was a neat conversation. I just leveled with him so much. I, it was interesting, and I've been in the same room with Trump twice, and so. I kind of recognize all these forces that are fighting and vying for this attention and trying to figure out what is the solution, what is best for the consumer. 
And I'm just interested on your take on it. Who's who's pulling? Is there anybody pulling hard for in the American your, political for, landscape? Yeah, for in here in America for your endorsement because you do carry a lot of weight here, man. You just do. You're like number one, like one of the top guys on our list. I'm just curious to hear your your mindset on this. Who are you going to endorse topic. today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who? who no. What? How do you see this going? This election going? I, there's a few questions in there. Let's see where you go with it. But I'd yeah. love to hear because I know the audience is going to want to know. We had to get there at some point. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, firstly, I, I don't endorse candidates just okay. as a gen, as a general rule. I, I think that he doesn't step on that mind, man. He, he just avoids. No. It. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you can only that, give it to that, one, right? One. You can't do yeah. it to two. Yeah, I don't I don't endorse candidates. Um, I like Vivek. He's the out of those guys. He's the only one I've personally met. I've met him mm -hmm. twice and had conversations. I've been on his podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, saw, so he's the that. only one that I know. And I, I like a lot of what he says. He's obviously a smart guy. Yeah. He's not a racist. Very confident. <laughs> very confident successful um i've never met rfk although i know people who know him yeah um he seems he seems solid reasonable in terms of yeah in terms of i mean is the question who who would i vote for if i were american well, it's, it's maybe that or what is your prediction of how this is going to go What's this your is take, a big year, you, you're, big year floating, for you're floating above I, give us your uh yeah you have a lot of yeah. we'll wrap with your political predict and we'll we'll he's, run this on social media if you're right in he's year, got so. resources you know what i mean i'm just curious uh, yeah. what do you think yeah you, people want to know what your position Man, is I, I think it's very hard to know because we also don't know. We're talking about the Republican side, but well, I should know. Uh, RFK is Democrat, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. He's now um, he's independent. He's running as an independent, which would oh, be, he, oh, be of interesting. Course, of course, he's independent yeah. now. Yes, because yeah. he got criticized by like his own family member for that. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I think it, what, the, what's hard is there's there's too many unknown unknowns. Like I don't even know who the Democrats are going to run. That's a good point. We don't either. No. I don't know. Are they are they going to? Like, are they going to really go with Biden again? It's well, going to be like 81. That's wild. But you, obviously there's someone I mean, behind our, the scenes running that. So who cares? As long as he can live for another four I, years. <laughs> yeah, like, I, do I don't they, know. I mean, I would not I would not be surprised if in 2024 they, they pull up a new candidate. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised Maybe at so. all. I don't, wouldn't be surprised if, you know, six year. months from now, Gavin Newsom is the Democratic mm, frontrunner yeah, or, yeah. or something like that. Michelle. Because right? um, I, I do think that I think that they were, you know, Biden has been senile and clearly suffering with some level of dementia for quite some time. That's bad. And I think so, enough people hated Trump and were mad at him to kind of ignore that and look over it and gloss over it in 2020. But at this point, I mean, you, Biden is he's not just he's not just 80. He's like he's like not a good 80. Either. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. like. So he nice he struggles to, to get to the end of a sentence. Just his movements, like he's real. He's he's getting Cranky. really old. It's painful to watch. Um, it's sad, actually. And I think and I think that people, even on the left, right, even people who are Democrats or whatever, like they can, they can see that. Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to be crazy enough to be. I, they're, they're, look, there's two ways it can go. They can be like, look, he beat Trump last time. So if Trump is going to be the Republican nominee, then let's put up Biden again, and they'll think they can win this again. Yep. Um, if they sort of pull him back and bring in a totally new person, then I think that throws a complete spanner in everybody's equations. Um, yeah. On the Republican side, I mean, Trump, I know according to the polls, Trump is still front running pretty significantly. He's got the biggest brand name recognition. It looks likely he'd be the Republican candidate unless something very significantly changes. Um, so I don't know. I don't even know who it's going to be like, this person versus this person. I, I don't, 
I don't know. Any any prediction would be hmm. too soon. I mean, I th- I think yeah. I mean, okay. Let's say if it were let's say it were Biden and Trump again. <laughs> Crazy. Um, who do I think would win there? I honestly don't know. Man. I would like to think Trump. Scary, but actually, I would like to think that, but I don't. Well, last time he sat, no, he, he sat in the basement the whole time, and he got more votes than Obama did, more votes than any president in the history of the world. Like I'm confused by that. I, I don't understand how that happened. But what we're, I do know, yeah. I, we're I, conspiracy theorists. We think the election was. You know, well, here's here's <laughs> I, I should tell Zubius real quick. It'll only take me a second, yeah, yeah, but. Go ahead. I live in Idaho. I've lived up here for over a decade in Coeur I moved from Reno, Nevada, Lake Tahoe area, up to this area. And so I've been registered to vote in, in Idaho for 10 years. During that 2020 election, me and my wife both got one day in the mailbox, got two election ballots from the state of Nevada. Okay, And, and I thought it was odd. How'd they get this address? I've lived in a few different places since then. It's, it's, there's a lot of work that had to be done by the state of Nevada to know where I live. But hold on. I don't, I'm not registered to vote in Nevada. Why do I have a ballot? I ripped it up, and I remember calling my dad saying, this is bullshit. Something does not feel right about it. I was pissed. So I made it a point after that election. I was curious. I ripped it up. I threw that thing away. I called the state of Nevada. You can't tell who you voted for, but you can see in the state of Nevada if a vote's been cast in your name. Sure enough, my wife and me both had cast a vote in Nevada, but I also voted. I know I showed up, and I'd always vote in person, which now I don't know if that's a good choice or not, but... I, was sh- I voted in Idaho. How is this possible? I voted in two places. Well, obviously, there was a fraud in Nevada, which is a swing state, taking place in my name and my wife's name. Now, I'll bet you I know where the vote went. Like, uh, you know, that's just me guessing. But the point is, is like, man, that right there is a fraud. Now, I tried calling a 1-800 number that I stumbled upon that is like, if you think there's a fraud that happened, you call. It was a voicemail. No one ever called me back. There's No one gives a shit. Who do you complain to? Now, what if that happened? I'm just being a conspiracy theorist, Al. If what happened to me happened, and, and that's that's illegal, by the way. Everything about that, that's ballot harvesting. That Historically, you can't do this shit. You can't re-register old voter logs that don't exist anymore and just pump out mail. But how'd they get my address? Think about the complexity of how that might have happened. But what if that was happening in all the right districts and all the key states? And that's why we don't know. Mail-in ballots are coming in. We're going to know next Tuesday in here in Arizona where, where Katie Hobbs is the least likely person on earth to ever get nominated to win an election yeah. in a place where Carrie Lake was just dominating. But it took a week for that to just trail away from her, and yeah. she lost. I'm telling you, if you don't have freedom, I don't know, think this ends well in this country, and it's yeah. cool to hear your perspective. That's just mine. Yeah. 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 Man, when it comes to like the voting and voter fraud and all that stuff, I have no idea. Anything yeah. I would be saying is just pure yeah. speculation. Yeah, I, got there, I know, in, look, in, in every election in every country, as far as I'm aware, maybe there's some like Scandinavian nations or some tiny European <laughs> tight, places nice, where they've yeah. like managed to really, really get it tight. But, um, you know, I know in Nigeria, it's a complete freaking mess, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a mess in much of South Africa, sorry, South America, Africa, parts of Asia. Like, I think there's probably more countries with very very fraudulent elections than we realize than there are with um you're right yeah than there are with ones where it's where it's pretty watertight um look i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do a high ground maneuver on this one (laughs) yeah take us home and i'm gonna come back to something that i touched on earlier which is about the power ultimately lying with the people and this is simply that your success 
or failure or happiness or health or whatever yeah. is has nothing to do with the guy who's in the White House. It doesn't. True that. If you are a dork, if you're a dork and a loser, <laughs> it doesn't matter if your guy or gal wins. You're still going to be a dork and a loser. True. Right. And if you're fat, you're still going to be fat, right? They're not going to fix your money problems. They're not going to fix your health problems. They're not going to fix your relationship with your father or your mother or your brother, your sister, your children, whatever. Um, They're not going to, they're not going to fix your business. They're not going to, right? So regardless of who is in the White House or what the administration is, if you're a winner and you've got your values hit and you've got your head screwed on, you're going to keep on winning. Your family's going to keep on winning and your community is going to keep on winning. So I'm not here saying don't vote. I think people should go out there and vote if they feel inclined in any particular direction. But I think the mistake that happens every single four years is, and by the way, this happens in the UK too. It happens in a lot of places is I think people put far too much faith in politicians in general, right? Everyone says, oh, I don't trust politicians, but then they they want the savior. Right? They're they so convicted. The Whether it's, yeah. it's Obama, it's Obama or it's Bush or it's Trump or it's Biden or whatever, right? And no one, let's be honest, no one ever quite lives up to, um, <laughs> I think it's just fun. <laughs> no one ever quite lives up to the expectations. True. So no one admits I think people need to yeah. kind of stop outsourcing all of that responsibility and yeah. look, cast your vote if you want to vote, but then come back and like, be like, all right, what are the things I can control? Yeah. That's what all you can do. I have? Serenity prayer. Yeah, totally. Ex- exactly. That's right. You, you can, can spend fi- you could spend the next five years complaining about ballot harvesting or about this or about that. But I'm like, yeah, it's just okay, one of those things. Like, if you're trying to get to truth, that's part of the process. Is no, it's like where's the where's the mm-hmm. lies? That's all. Like, no, where's I, the I truth? love the passion. I want to know the truth. Yeah yeah, 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 I love it. I just want yeah, to know the for truth. sure. I'm 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 ta- I'm just I'm ta- I'm speaking just people in general because I've seen. I mean, I'm now old enough to have seen like, mm. man. How many U.S. elections have I now seen from a distance, right? Yeah, and it's it is, it is quite a lot of them, you know. It depends on the and context. I remember, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, um, and I remember how people speak at each one. Every single election, this is the most important one ever. This is the one that our democracy hinges on. Yeah. This candidate. This is, you know, I re- I was actually in the USA in two thousand and eight uh, during the Obama like during the Obama Media. hype. Yeah. I re- I absolutely remember, you know, the the Trump hype. And then I remember when Biden won and when Biden defeated Trump and like all the Democrats and liberals were like, oh, my gosh, like, you Hmm. know, we've and it's just like, dude, like, I get it. What really? I I, I don't know. Can I can I slip this in there real quick, Zuby, real quick? Yeah, please. Go ahead. RFK told me this and it it actually stuck. So this is Robert Kennedy told me directly to this. He says the one difference now that's been different than every other election is now they've figured out on-demand totalitarianism, and that was COVID. He, they figured out a new trick. That's all I'm going to say, man. That's that's what's different about yeah. 2024 is they know how to mm-hmm. turn a Something turn a virus different. on the world. Something is different. crazy yeah. different. Yeah, this ain't this ain't they 2000. Do. This but ain't I'll, 2000. 2018. 2016. I'll, I'll tell you what though, it, it it'll be a long time before they could do that again. Really? I hope you're right. Yeah, I hope you're right. Yeah. Dude. That was dude, RFK that tried, said that, are, not me. D- d- yeah. er- Eric, I, th- I think you've forgotten something. I think you forgot that they already tried it again. Hmm. Remind me. I'm, I'm trying to think what you're saying. People have very short memories these days. There was something that came after COVID. You guys remember monkeypox? I was going to say the but, the oh, yeah, butterfly the, the or the, monkey, uh, the, the monkey, bumblebees. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah, the, the monkeypox. You, 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 guys, you guys remember monkeypox? Yeah, remember yeah, they, yeah. they tried it. 
Yeah, they yeah. could. They, they they tried it again. All, they tried like to do the whole side. No one. Bit, also no in one the bit. West. That's, yeah, in no the West, bit. there's been a trend. Like no. you know, the Prime Minister of Italy is conservative. There, uh, there yeah. are different pockets that are trending. Like the 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 backlash. You've already seen it there are. spread about in Spain. There's huge yeah. uh, riots against yeah. the socialist uh, and yeah. endeavor. But so I mean, there's hopeful signs that you look for those for sure. Yeah. You, but you got Ukraine yeah, that, and you got yeah. you just have you have war in places now that didn't exist. I mean, mm. we'll see, man, where it ends. I don't yeah. know. Either yeah, way, it's, we'll, it's a great we'll, conversation. We'll see, man. We'll, We'll see. Like, I just think, um, yeah, I, I think, look, like, we'll see, right? I can, I can never, you, you can never predict the entire future, but I think no. my, my attitude is, and I think this is even more important for people who, I think it's even more important for guys like yourselves, right? Cause you are, you are family men, right? You guys, you guys have dependents. You're, you're raising, you know, and leading your families. I think that the best thing that any man can do is simply put yourself in the best position to weather whatever comes down the pipeline. Oh yeah. Right. If they do, if they do try another COVID style psyop and they try it all again, right. Make sure that you're not that person who's in that super vulnerable position. And I be, I mean this in multiple ways by the way. Right. So, um, mm. I mean, in terms of the, right. Like, what are you doing? Like there's people who, pretend to be afraid of COVID and they're still obese. I'm right. like, bro, if you were really, really worried about this, thing, that's like, your how biggest are you risk factor. Weighing? Yeah. Totally. Right. <laughs> right. Like, like you, you, yeah. you, you've had, you've had all this time now to lose weight and you still haven't done it. Right. Like, are you serious? You got eight jabs, but you, you didn't lose weight. Um, right. And what about your, what about finances? Right. How did people even get coerced and bullied in certain ways? Cause they weren't independent enough. They didn't have any financial freedom. So whatever. So I just think like, look, that's good. Just that's you know, good. put on put on the full armor, right? No, put on the full message. armor of God. Love it. Get your get your body get your body in shape. Have your finances as best as you can, right? If there is an emergency, and I don't know, uh, someone got made redundant, or you weren't able to do this for some time, or whatever. This is why, like, people think I'm crazy. Like the way that I like want to like collect residencies and passports and whatever. Right. I have residencies and people are like, dude, why do you even have that residency? I'm like, I don't know, man. You have just options. Right. It's just, it's just like, it's, it's, it's an option. Right. And yeah. I think just, mm -hmm. just strengthen yourself and have those options. And then whether the world stays like calm and peaceful and all these doomsday scenarios don't play out, if that happens, you're good. If stuff goes kind of sideways, um, you know, you're better protected and better insulated than sure. the vast majority of people. I personally think that it's good. I think, I think no matter what country someone is from, no matter your citizenship or whatever, I think it's wise for everyone to have a backup option. Amen. And I, I mean that, I mean that internationally, yeah. right? I yeah. think that if it was like, oh my gosh, um, I don't know, in one month's time, in two months time, in six months time, like some crazy thing is going to happen, right? I think, I think it's wise for people to, you know, not in the idea that, oh, I'm going to have to use this, but just like, you know what, are you able to just like, oh, you know what, let me just peace out to Costa Rica for a while. Or like, let me just go over here, right? Like if stuff did really hit the fan, this is for the people who are predicting scenarios that I don't even think are, yeah. are going to happen. But like, yeah. if, if that did pop off, right, one big advantage I had during the whole, um, all the lockdowns, and stuff, I, I went to eight different countries during it. Right. So while lots of people were like sitting in their homes, like with their masks on, wearing that, you know, in their basement, I was like, well, OK, bye. Like, I'm I'm going over here. I'm going over here. I'm going over here. I'm making yeah. I ha because of the work I've done in the prior years. Yeah. I was at least 
much more prepared that I couldn't be completely kind of destroyed by this thing. No one could force me to take anything that I didn't want to take. Nobody could like lock me yeah. into a nation. Like yeah. a lot of people literally got locked into their own borders. They did, yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. So I think hopefully that was a big enough wake up call for people to just be like, hey, stuff can hit the fan. Things can go weird. Governments can go tyrannical, even if it's temporary. Um, so yeah. let me, let me, let me, okay, here, last, this is the last thing I'm going to say. Okay. This is the very last thing <laughs> I'm going to say. And this, this is really for listeners because we've all, we all lived through the la- the same past, um, the same past three or four years. If it were all to happen again, how would you fare? Would you fare better? Would you fare worse? Would it be just the same? Good question. Right? Good if you're, I think I think that's a good question, right? If so it were good. all just to play out again, um, have you put yourself in a better position? Yeah. To handle it this time around, right? Are, are you are that's you in great. a better financial position? Are you more flexible in terms of your work and where you're able to work from? Um, have you mentally, <laughs> have you like mentally sort of upgraded so that you're not going to get caught up in the psyop so hard, whatever. I think that's a good question for everyone it to is. answer. And I think if the answer, I think if the answer is no, if the answer is actually no, I would be screwed if that happens. <laughs> there again. you go. Go get then, your toilet paper, people. <laughs> yeah. Stock up, baby. Yeah. You got your resources. And I, I think like in, in whatever way it's going to be yeah. different for different people, but you know, sure. t- take, take those steps it's to yep. protect yourself. You're, you're never going to be able to protect yourself against like no. absolutely everything. The world is too unpredictable. My, my biggest thing was realizing how how gentle the supply chain actually is. That was a wake-up call for me. So I took most from that was realizing how fragile the system really is. If truckers stop, the world stops. Yeah. And you can't rely on grocery stores. That's just, I don't know. I took a lot from that. I was yeah, very people, sensitive yeah. to like, oh, I need to be really self-sufficient. Sensibly so, yeah. And that gives me security, man. I, and I love where I live. And I think we can kill animals and eat them if we had to and yeah, fish yeah. out of my lake that I live on. <laughs> be all American. I'm good, baby. Um, you yeah. guys got it's this. Good. I'll wipe Zuby. my ass with the tree. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, dude. We'll be self. <laughs> Zuby, hey, man, it's uh, it's yeah. an honor to honor. to be with you, man. I good admire your heart and your values. And I just wish you well. And I'm going to keep following you. Merry Christmas. I'm going to pray for you, brother. Keep doing your thing. Yeah, God bless you, bro. Yeah, 100%. This was one of my favorite interviews. I Thank you, it, guys. You're yeah, amazing. Thanks so for your time, man. I know you're a busy, man. Enjoy your Christmas with your family. Yeah, and where can we send people? Oh, we yeah. want to send you love. Our, we got a cool community that's growing, and this, you know, we want to shower you with love. Where can we send people to follow you to contribute to things that you care about? Yeah, sure thing. So you can follow me on all social media at Zuby Music. That is Z U B Y Music. And if you want to support me, if you want to check out my music, my books, if you want to buy any merchandise, if you go to teamzuby.com, Love that. that's Z-U-B-Y, teamzuby.com, you can get everything there. Mm-hmm. What's your formal first name? How do you say your formal first name where Zuby comes from? No, how do you say it? Unzubechuku. That's cool. Unzubechuku. Say that again or I want to try it again? Okay. Um, unzube. Unzube. Chuku. Chuku. Beautiful, bro. Very yeah, cool. all right, man. Unzube Chuku means God's decision. Wow, God's that's cool. decision. That's that means awesome. a lot for you too. All right, man. Brother. God bless you, Zuby. <laughs> yeah, thank you. If you guys love that interview, please like, follow, subscribe, click the link, go see Zuby, follow him, like him, love on him. This is one of these people that we greatly admire that I think is keeping the world going around. Thank you for joining me on a mission. We'll see you next week.